You're listening to curated podcasts from the Beyond Infinity radio show, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. There's two American astronauts who are identical twins, Scott and Mark Kelly. Mm-hmm. In recent times, well, both had returned back to Earth and then Scott was sent, this is a couple of years ago, he was sent up to the ISS, International Space Station, for an extended mission. In fact, it, was, it lasted over 300 days and there was a Russian up there as well who spent a similar amount of time. And one of the things that NASA did was they had the benefit of looking at two identical twins who've got the same genetic makeup. Mm-hmm. They were able to use one as a control. So Scott was up in space on, on board the ISS. Uh, Mark, his, his identical twin brother, was, was back on Earth. And both of them were being monitored very, very carefully on a whole bunch of different uh, metrics to really gauge on a genetic level how things vary as a result to, of, of long exposure to the radiation that's up in space and also z- the zero-G environment. Now, this is obviously of interest for extended missions if you're going to go to Mars mm. might be a three-year mission so they need to know the effects of, uh, of radiation and other aspects of, of zero-g environment of confined space can you give vaccines safely this sort of stuff it was all mm. looked at um, and they reckon that basically this this body of work there's a big scientific paper that's been published well, there's a link on our website I tweeted it at beyondinfinity.com.au you can find out all about this you can plow through the uh, the full you know hundreds of pages of, of research but basically NASA broke it down into uh, several key areas they assigned a bunch of specialist scientists in different areas of different parts of America mm-hmm. to look at this data they reckon that this data will be will be in use for years to come mm-hmm. as it's as it's really shed some detailed light it was all done by NASA's human research program which is dedicated to discovering the best methods and technology to support safe productive human space travel they support innovative scientific human research by funding more than 300 research grants to respected universities, hospitals, and NASA centers to over 200 researchers in more than 30 states. So a, a really big effort to ensure it's the safety and health of long-duration astronauts. That's what this is all about. Now, and just summarizing, one of the areas was uh, the effect on telomeres. Now, telomeres protect your chromosomes. They're a bit like a plastic handle protecting jump ropes. These telomere lengths tend to get shorter as we age uh, and also respond to lifestyle factor, stresses and environmental exposures. One of the most striking discoveries of this twin study that NASA did is that uh, Scott, the, uh, the twin who was in space, experienced a change in telomere length dynamics during spaceflight and within days of landing. So the results of this investigation may help to evaluate general health and identify potential long-term risks. Uh, Another area was in terms of the immune system. Scott, again, the astronaut on board the ISS, he received uh, three flu vaccines, each one year apart, first on Earth, second in space. Um, And this has been the first time an astronaut's been given a vaccine while in space, the third back on Earth. And the study found that Scott's body reacted uh, appropriately to the vaccine. Uh, And this is important to know because uh, a vaccine might be needed on on the way to Mars if there was an outbreak of some kind of disease, Mm. which had sort of snuck through the keeper and uh, could be really important to resolving that issue. So no problem with vaccines in outer space. Gene expression. Samples taken before, during and after Scott's mission in space revealed some changes in gene expression. Mark, his twin on Earth, also experienced normal range changes in gene expression on Earth, but not the same changes as Scott. 
the experiences he had may have been associated with his lengthy stay in space. Most of these changes, about 91.3% reverted to baseline after he returned to Earth. However, a small subset persisted after six months. Some observed DNA damage is believed to, to be a result of radiation exposure. Gene expression data corroborated and supported other findings in the twin study, including the, the, the body's response to DNA damage, telomere regulation, bone formation and immune system stress. Um, these findings help demonstrate how a human body is able to adapt to the extreme environment of space and help researchers better understand uh, how environmental conditions influence the activity of different genes, leading to a better understanding of physiological processes in space. So again, some really useful information for NASA to have. But they're also saying that they actually learned not just about how an astronaut will, will deal with long exposure to zero G in the environment of space, mm. but also about how these same systems exist on Earth. Mm. So, they're, so they're kind of getting information from both ends in, in great detail, not just Scott the the, uh, the twin who was on board the ISS, but also from his brother Mark. In terms of cognition, with few exceptions, Scott's cognitive performance, such as mental alertness, spatial orientation, uh, recognition of emotions, remained largely unchanged during his time in space relative to Mark on the ground. It suggests that astronauts can maintain high levels of cognitive performance for longer durations in space. However, a more pronounced decrease in speed and accuracy was, was observed after Scott landed back on Earth, and this persisted for about six months. It's suggested that this is possibly due to his re-exposure to the environment gravity. on Earth. Gravity, yeah. Yeah, and an adjustment to Earth's gravity. Um, and also the fact that he was probably pretty busy when he got back dealing with well, all sorts of stuff that he had to deal with as a, as a family man. And, the stresses, uh, the yeah, you know, parties I, are coming back down to earth. And, uh, yeah. Exactly. And I think, I think a lot of, um, a lot of uh, you know, detailed medical follow-up stuff that was being done to kind of wind up the studies that mm -hmm. have been done of him up in space. It's, it's, it's interesting that because when you're in space and gravity is not, not pulling the blood uh, down and therefore your heart is pushing the blood up to your brain, there's less of the force. I guess on on the blood um, to, to move around, so it's kind of just equally distributed. So, yeah. is your I wonder if your heart is pumping as hard to push the blood around, mm. um, or if it is, then is it being you know directed to your head, or is it sort of equally pushed elsewhere? I, th I think that there are issues. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think there are issues to, that, that flow from this, and one of them is to your eyesight. Yeah, um, and I think your blood pressure is probably going to be more evenly distributed. We we are evolved to to stand upright, mm -hmm. so our hearts our heart is. Used to pumping blood up to the head, keeping lots of oxygenated blood going through yep. our, our very um, energy-hungry brain. Mm -hmm. So in space, there are effects, and uh, and this is the sort of thing that's exactly the sort of thing that they've been looking at closely. I do, I wasn't aware of it, but apparently there are issues with with loss or or impeded eyesight mm -hmm. that astronauts. Uh, suffer from in space and obviously that's a pretty vital uh, sense that people need yep. so this is part of this study the uh, NASA's twin study is is, is looking at, at exactly that uh, another area is the microbiome so the bacteria in your gut um, and uh, and obviously this is this is on earth this is generally associated with uh, with with good health apparently Scott the the astronaut Scott's gut flora uh, was found to be profoundly different during flight from pre-flight and this could be 
be due to the food that he was uh, was consuming. A lot of it was freeze dried or thermostabilized prepackaged food. Was his brother on earth instructed to eat the same food? I, good question. I'm not sure about the answer to that. His gut bacteria was different. It's possibly attributable to uh, to the fact that he was on a better diet while in space, mm-hmm. a more carefully programmed diet, because they're obviously trying to keep their their astronauts in best possible condition. Mm-hmm. Whereas back on Earth, maybe a bit more randomized food, maybe like a bit in, more junk food, perhaps, and maybe an oxygen rich environment with, that they live in, in in the capsule. I wonder if that has an influence with what you know happens in your stomach as well. Could well be. I think all of these things are factors. Um, but but the good news was that his uh, gut bacteria returned to normal fairly quickly after coming back to Earth, and and that was one of the things that they found with that was encouraging out of a lot of aspects that they looked at health aspects uh, was that once back on Earth, he pretty much recovered completely. Mm-hmm. There were a few areas which um, didn't completely recover, and maybe they'll be continuing to monitor them to see whether he does make a full recovery. But well within like a normal range. That's, that, that's yeah. right. So that, that side of it was encouraging, but... You know, you've got to remember that if you're going to Mars, it's going to be you know probably three times the length of time mm. that, that this study was looking at, or possibly even longer. Another area was the environment's changes in DNA uh, methylation, which has a significant impact on on many biochemical reactions in the body. Um, they found that Scott experienced epigenetic changes in flight, but the degree of the changes was no greater than marks on Earth. Uh, Scott's epigenetic changes took place during the second six months of the mission and would not have been observed on a shorter mission. So certain areas, if you're under six months, there's no change at all. Mm-hmm. In sort of the radiation that's involved when you're up in the ISS, uh, that, that can have effect obviously in your DNA and there's probably a slight increase in uh, the, the chance or potential for cancer, which actually can take many, many years to manifest. It's probably you know 30 years before something would show up. Therefore, you could maybe summarize that an astronaut who is already in their 40s or 50s, it's unlikely that that's going to be a concern if cancer is to develop later in their life, if, if they're on a you know, trip to Mars. And whether it could be attributable necessarily to the, you know, the, the stint they did in space, you know, who knows? If flying on a plane can get you know doses of radiation yes. similar to x-rays on a regular basis yep. so it's not really and, and again i think they do as much as they can to mitigate these sort of risks you know that the lining of the iss is, is designed to at least give some measure of protection yeah. from radiation exposure but probably not as not as much as ideal they basically demonstrated a resilience and robustness and uh, it showed how the human body can adapt to a multitude of, of changes induced by the spaceflight environment which overall was pretty encouraging you're listening to beyond infinity infinity infinity, infinity.